everyone, and welcome to another episode of Access Tomorrow. Today, I'm very excited because I'm joined by my colleague, Mohamed Bardestani. Mohamed um, is actually our Visa economist and uh, um, director of business and economic insights at Visa here, uh, covering the Simea region. Uh, Mohamed is going to take us on a little journey um, uh, across time as we're reaching the end of 2023, maybe looking at some of the major events, economic events that have uh, impacted this year. And maybe he will have a small crystal ball uh, so we see what's going to happen in 2024. Uh, we'll be exploring some key themes that range from the state of the global economy, uh, but also looking at the state of our regional economy and how some of the major economic factors have impacted uh, consumer behavior. Um, and this ranged from uh, inflation, the high interest rates, and uh, the exciting advances that we're seeing in technology uh, and for fintechs and really beyond that. So, Hamad, welcome to Access Tomorrow. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Leila. Pleasure <laughs> to be here. So if we reflect on 2023, um, what were the major moments or standout moments uh, from a macroeconomic perspective? Yeah, so I think before reflecting on 2023, it's important to highlight the backstory or like the evolution of the global economy over the past three to four years. Because the past three to four years were kind of exceptional mm -hmm. and irregular when it comes to the usual ups and downs of the business cycle. Um, so we had a couple of black swan events in the past three, four years. And just to be clear what we mean by that, black swan is usually an event that is unexpected or unforeseen or has a very low probability of happening. Yet when it happens, it has enormous uh, ramifications or implications for the global economy. So as a reflection, just think of COVID in 2020. No one saw that coming. Yet when it happened, it had, you know, the entire world basically shut down for extended number of months. Um, think about uh, last year's invasion of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, very few analysts expected that, but when it actually happened, it had, again, major implications and caused a spike in energy and food prices uh, globally. Um, so this is the backstory or the context when we think about 2023. Now, talking about 2023, what were the standout moments? I think we would usually summarize it as a year of relatively pleasant surprises, okay. just because of the black swan events that we've seen over the past three to four years. Um, so if, if you look end of last year, the IMF was expecting uh, one third of the world or uh, one in three countries to be in recession this year. Yet this did not particularly materialize. Uh, and this is due to a number of factors. Uh, the key highlights, let's take five of them. Uh, one, um, the U.S. labor market proved to be quite resilient. Uh, so people usually fear recessions because it leads to job losses, people losing their income, their livelihood. But that hasn't particularly happened. Um, and unemployment rate in the U.S. market remains relatively near historical lows. Yeah. Uh, number two, China was completely shut down and closed uh, out last year, and it opened up uh, early this year. And as a second largest global economy, it usually provides some firepower for growth for the global mm -hmm. economy. Um, number three, following the invasion of Ukraine, uh, many analysts expected some sort of energy crisis in Europe, uh, just because a lot of countries rely on energy imports from Russia, and they needed to act fast and reroute some of the imports. And they managed that well, so an energy crisis was averted in Europe. And the last two factors, uh, generally speaking, uh, consumer spending globally 
held up well, and inflation, which was a big concern last year, started to trend down in emerging markets as well as advanced economies. So I think overall, when we think of this entire context, uh, 2023 was a year of pleasant surprises. That's good to hear, I think. I mean, I love your uh, optimism because uh, obviously when, and, and maybe we will delve a little bit later on this consumer behavior yes. uh, point that you, um, that you mentioned. Uh, but when we look at the region and we've seen some natural disasters happening in the region more and more, um, rising concerns about climate change and mm -hmm. how they are impacting those natural disasters, but also a lot of man-made tensions, yes. right? Yes. Um, how would you say these have impacted specifically our regional economy? Mm -hmm. um, so, first of all, uh, indeed, the past few weeks have certainly been difficult for the region. Um, we've seen, you know, the earthquake in Morocco, the uh, flood in Libya. Um, and before the economic impact, I think the humanitarian toll has been quite uh, devastating and heartbreaking. Um, so our, you know, thoughts and prayers go to our brothers and sisters in Libya and Morocco. So from an economic standpoint, um, equally, the impact has been quite uh, significant and the damage uh, kind of extensive. Um, so in Morocco's case, I think the earthquake, there are estimates that say uh, it will cost Morocco almost 8% of GDP, which is quite high. Um, and then the flood in, in Libya, it's estimated to cost the country between tens to hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, so again, like the economic damage has been quite uh, extensive. Um, but I think what's been a bit heartwarming and encouraging, we've seen countries as well as organizations uh, organizations rush to aid those impacted. And I think, you know, as we say in Arabic, inshallah, both countries will have better days going forward. Inshallah, inshallah, definitely. As you said, our thoughts and prayers for everyone in, in those countries. Uh, so you, you mentioned a pleasant surprise around consumer spend mm -hmm. um, and how people are actually spending and saving their money. So maybe can we go a little bit deeper on, on this and how do you see people's financial habits changed mm -hmm. in 2023? Um, so I think starting with the global picture, uh, one of the striking factors, I think, three years after the pandemic is the fact that we still see significant levels of household savings globally. Um, so as you know, you know, in 2020, uh, there were most of the world was shut down or under lockdown. Sure. So as a consumer, you had very limited venues to spend money. So you ended up uh, saving. And that has accumulated over three years. So by 2022, or the end of last year, uh, our research shows that households and consumers globally were sitting on slightly over $5 trillion of savings. <laughs> and if you compare it to 2020, as an example, it was around 3.4. So it's quite a significant jump. Um, so almost like 70% uh, jump in savings. Having said that, there is significant variation between region to region, between country to country. Uh, so as an example, the strongest savings we see in China, Canada, and Australia. Uh, so this is the global picture. But when we come to North Africa, Levant, and Pakistan, the story is a bit different. Mm. Um, I think one reason behind that is the fact that we're seeing higher inflation. Um, so we're seeing double-digit inflation in a number of markets from Egypt to uh, Pakistan to Tunisia. And as a result, uh, some of the consumer behavior changes that we see, uh, we see consumers turning more cautious about their spending. They're becoming slightly more price sensitive 
when it comes to budgeting. Uh, they're prioritizing their spending on essentials. Uh, so again, if you look at, for example, food inflation in Egypt, it's 70%. Yes. In Pakistan, it's with, between 40 to 50%. Uh, so obviously, households need to adjust to these uh, new economic realities. And the three main changes we see, caution, uh, price sensitivity, and prioritization of essentials. Yeah. No, it's true. And, and those countries are um, today going through tough economic times. Um, but what we're seeing is as well, maybe some technological factor that mm -hmm. have also impacted the way uh, people behave or consumer behavior. Um, and, and obviously, everybody's talking about artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and, and the impact it could have on consumer behavior. So how do you see that? Yeah, um, so I think number one, Leila, as you're well aware, uh, post-COVID, we've seen significant acceleration in the digital transformation and digital uptake. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the lucky parts that we live in a very young, um, demographically young um, um, part of the world. So the uptake is usually higher uh, also in our region. Um, and there are a lot of studies that tell you or show that basically uh, we've witnessed years worth of digital transformation into just a few months or a few weeks uh, post-COVID. Um, so I think, generally speaking, we see the digital economy on a strong growth trajectory and on a solid footing. And one of the ways we look at or we track the digital economy at Visa is by looking at um, uh, the app economy. So mm -hmm. what we do, we look at the top 50 apps globally. Yeah. And then we look at the share of cards, be it debit or credit, that are active or made a purchase on the app economy. And this is usually a proxy of how the digital economy is evolving or developing. And what we've noticed is that, for example, worldwide, in 2019, one in eight cards was active on the app economy. By 2022, it's one in six cards. Wow. Um, in the U.S., it's one in four cards. And we see this trend of growing participation in the app economy throughout the world. Um, so this is when it comes to the digital economy. When it comes to artificial intelligence, um, I think you know the technology has been developing at a lightning speed. Uh, every day you see a breakthrough when it comes to AI and generative AI and its applications. But I think what's, what's important is not only the technological breakthrough, but what to do with it. Like how to deploy it in a productive manner how to incorporate it into businesses or manufacturing or services to make the most out of it. And one example that comes to my mind when it comes to, in, in parallel to compare to you know, past innovations, electricity. Mm -hmm. uh, so Thomas Edison built the first electricity generating um, station in 1881. 20 years later, by the early 1900s, only 5% of manufacturers in the US incorporated it into their manufacturing wow. process. Mm -hmm. so, Again, like it's not only important to have the technology, but figure out what to do with it. Having said that, I don't think it's going to take us, you know, with AI and generative AI 20 years, just because the infrastructure is ripe for its adoption. You have prevalence of mobile phones, smartphones, uh, you know, uh, internet access, uh, laptops, computers, etc. Uh, so the infrastructure is ripe for higher adoption. Um, but I think two areas will clearly be impacted by AI. Uh, one is productivity. Yes. Um, so usually, uh, it, 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 there's a lot of research about that, but you know, it frees up employees to focus on more strategic initiatives uh, rather than the mundane, monotone tasks. Uh, so that's one. It's likely to raise productivity. 
And then the second one is uh, that the labor market is going to undergo some sort of transformation. Yes. Uh, just because, you know, some older jobs will start to fade away and new specialized jobs will be created when it comes to AI and generative yeah. AI. It's interesting because I was listening to uh, Sam Altman, the founder of uh, OpenAI, and he was saying in 20 years, ChatGPT will look like the first cell phone, the big bulky cell phone that we had uh, that we had uh, uh, 20 years ago. So uh, definitely this technology is, is moving at a, at a very, very fast pace. So, uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about inflation and interest rates. Uh, they went through some changes in 2023, mm -hmm. also some surprises, yes. I would say. Uh, how do you think these have affected people's uh, purchasing power yeah. globally and in our region? Yeah. So just as a bit, uh, a big of background, um, inflation kind of serves as a tax on purchases. So if something used to cost me like $100 last year and it cost me now 110 or 120 this is extra $10, $20 I could have spent elsewhere or allocated somewhere else. Um, so it certainly diminishes the consumer's purchasing uh, power. And then in a similar manner, interest rates, when they go up, they usually raise the borrowing cost for consumers and businesses alike. Um, so usually when interest rates or when central banks raise interest rates, uh, you see the personal loan loan rate go up, the auto loan rate goes up, the mortgage rate goes up, and so on. So again, as a consumer, I see myself allocating more of my payment to interest payments rather than, you know, some nice-to-have things. So another factor that diminishes uh, the purchasing uh, uh, power. Um, having said that, um, so one of the things that, you know, geeky economists call is that interest rates operate with a long and variable lag. What that essentially means is that when the central bank raises interest rate, the full impact doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a week. It usually takes a few quarters, a few months, and even up to a year or longer for the full brunt of the impact of those rate hikes to be felt um, in the economy. Um, so while I said earlier that you know 2023 was a year of pleasant surprises, I think 2024 might be a year of you know hard truths, especially as the full impact of uh, interest rates start to be felt throughout and uh, the economy and filters down. Um, regionally speaking, we've already felt the impact yes. of uh, those interest rate hikes. Uh, we see elevated inflation across a number of markets, again, Egypt, uh, Pakistan, you know, uh, Tunisia, and so on. Uh, we've seen significant volatility when it comes to uh, exchange rate, and usually that leads to also like further uh, uh, inflation. Um, and I think going into 2024 uh, some of those themes will continue to resonate in terms of elevated inflation higher energy and food prices in some of our markets as well as some volatility when it comes to exchange rates especially mm -hmm. versus the dollar where the rate uh, uh, the interest rate remains uh, somewhat elevated by historical standards okay we'll come to 2024 uh, and your crystal ball Muhammad, um, but when you so one of the trends that we're seeing, for example, with those with this inflation mm -hmm. uh, environment, is new types of fintech are emerging. Um, yes, can you talk a little bit more about this? Yes, so I think because of the pressure that you see on um, household budgets, um, you see the emergence of new fintechs that they try to space out payments and allow households to better manage their finances and budgets. So one of example would be around the region is the rise of buy now, pay later. Mm. 
because of higher inflation, because of pressure on household budgets, we see a rise in the adoption of buy now, pay later, just because of the convenience, as well as you know, consumers can space out their purchases, uh, can manage their budgets in a more gradual manner this way than you know, upfront payments. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think we've seen it in a number of markets. Egypt is mm -hmm. a case in point in terms of the um, amazing growth of buy now, pay later and other consumer finance mm -hmm. uh, fintech. And obviously, some of the technology you mentioned, like artificial intelligence, is also helping yes. in bringing um, better tools uh, for, to, to make decisions uh, and, and minimizing, uh, I would say, some of the credit losses mm -hmm. that we've seen in, uh, in other markets with buy now, pay later. Agreed. Now let's look at the future. <laughs> <laughs> I think you touched a little bit about yeah. what's, uh, what we should expect in 2024. I know we, I think we're going to still be in this VUCA uh, world, but um, what opportunity you think we should keep an eye out yeah. uh, in the coming year and, and maybe some watch outs that we mm -hmm. need to look at. So I think generally every set of challenges brings with it, you know, its own set of opportunities. If we think about North Africa, Levant and Pakistan, and we try to think about it in terms of the short term outlook just next year and then the longer horizon or long term outlook, there are two pic different pictures that mm -hmm. emerge. I think short term, uh, the picture is not particularly bright just because of some of the um, factors that we alluded to earlier uh, from, you know, higher consumer prices, from elevated energy and food prices, which is like are often, you know, basic items for, us, for households, uh, some currency volatility in certain markets in our region, some political instability uh, here and there. And generally, we see relatively high unemployment rates, especially among youth unemployment. So I think when you think about the short-term picture, it's, it's certainly, uh, it is certainly challenging and not particularly bright. But if you shift and look over the long term, I think a different picture uh, emerges. Uh, we see uh, the rise of the digital economy. We see more and more people gaining access to the internet and mobile. Uh, we see uh, higher financial inclusion growing throughout the region. Um, we see higher number of females participation, participating in the, uh, in the labor force. We see you know, gradually thriving uh, startup culture with the fintechs and so on. Um, so I'm quite confident in 10 years' time, uh, our region will be in a better place from an economic standpoint. Of course, it's never you know, a linear line. It's yes. ups and downs. Uh, but over the long term, in 10 years' time, I think uh, we'll be in a better place. Thank you so much, Mohammed, uh, for finishing this on this good note, uh, I would say. And I think some of the things that you mentioned, like financial inclusion, like women participating in the economy, uh, sometimes we need some crisis so that we become aware that it is important to mm -hmm. include everyone in the economy so that those economies can grow. So thank you very much for those insights, Mohammed. It was great to have you with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you.